All right, everybody, stop whatever you're doing right now and listen to what I have to say. It's This Week in Mormons. That's right. Happy New Year, Twimmin 2020. Here we are, everybody. Welcome to the show. We hope you had a delightful New Year celebration, wherever that took you, that it was uh, chaste and sober. Stay up till midnight, Jeff. And Nope. You don't do that, huh? You're you've entered the old man year. I have you. I have young children. I say, I say, cool. Bed at ten thirty sounds great because a five year old's going to come running into my room at six thirty, wanting to show me something. So there's just no point. It's not worth it. <laughs> well, cool. It's not worth it. I didn't stay up at all. Usually, I might. I think in previous years, even I've stayed up. My wife went to bed, but I'm like. Because the, the New York ball drop for you is like live. I mean, it's the real deal where we already That's true. always know That's true. this I'm, happened two hours ago. Yeah, There's no tape to it here. Uh, years ago, many, gosh, 10 years ago? Was it the 09, 2010 New Year's? It might have been that one, actually. Um, myself and a number of cohorts went to a mid-singles dance. We Now, it was supposed to be a, just a singles dance, allegedly, sponsored by the mid-singles, so all were welcome. We were the only young single adults who showed up. The rest of it was all these 40 and 50-year-old divorcees, uh, which as a side note, the greatest deterrent to a, a, if you're like a bishop and you're counseling a couple that's having some problems, just say, go to a mid-singles dance. And you can work out any problem. You will see, you will see what is out there and you will very quickly have a reality check and work through it, assuming your problems are the fixable type. Obviously- there are sure. situations where yes. the I mean where the marriage right. should dissolve, but um, yeah, that was a hoot. So my my point was though the whole dance was a crack up because it was I, was I was dancing with all these like forty five year old women who were like, "Hey, young me," and I'm like, "What's up?" And <laughs> was this uh, in a DC area? Because they're this no, this oh, okay. was in California. So because of this, because of the three hour delay, primarily with New York, every hour starting at like nine, maybe even earlier, they might have shown stuff from like the UK. They would show the ball drop and count it down, and everyone counted down. This was literally so the old people would not have to stay up until actual midnight Pacific time to do it. So they could count down at like 10 p.m. and be like, yeah, I counted down New Year, and I have achieved this. And then they could go home and feel great about themselves. And when that wasn't happening, they were just playing the movie Casablanca on a big projector in the background. It's the only safe movie to show in a, in a church cultural hall. I think there are safer films. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. There's probably smoking oh, in Casablanca. True. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. not even appropriate. So that was fun. So my New Year's this year, not You've come a long way as, as a married man of two children. Not as exciting, but it was, it was okay. I have no complaints. Hung out with the kids, partied hard, good times. Saw Frozen. That's so like the sequel, great. Frozen, or- the okay. sequel Frozen took the we all we all went on a family trip to the movies. My two year old is too young to go to the movies, but all the rest of us wanted to go, so we just went for it. He was pretty good. He was kind of blown away by the whole situation, but he's a two year old, so he made it like an hour through the movie, and then the last half hour he was like writhing on the floor and jumping on his seat and saying hi to people behind him and just you know the usual. He's a two year old. Nice. So but otherwise, uh, it was so you only saw an hour of the movie then, or. Oh, no, okay. no, we saw the whole thing. He just, we just, we just kind of let him hang okay. in there, and we watched the whole movie. Uh, Did you see uh, my, Frozen? Did you do the see, right thing and take your town children? Or something when my family went, so I have not yet seen it. Deadbeat Dad. Um, yes. I'm a fan of Disney movies, and I look uh, forward to watching it on my own. A controversial stance for a Latter Day Saint. Oh, yeah. Continue. <laughs> well, that's what that's what we do here, Jeff, at this week in Mormon. So, <laughs> I mean. We invented Disney Plus before it was a thing, just through our DVD collections and Netflix queues. That's, right. That's right. So, uh, what was your re- general review of Frozen Two? Would you? Oh wow, Frozen Two was. I I thought it, in some ways it was better than the first, but I also thought the plot was super convoluted, mm-hmm. and I was just like, okay, why the motivations were not as clear. The first Frozen, I also don't think has the strongest right. plot. Tangled is right. a better film. I agree, but um. But it was good. I actually liked that it was a little headier and it dealt with, you know, like their past and some concepts of identity and, you know, their grandpa. I'm, I'll spoil it, folks. It's been out since We're past like the, Thanksgiving the time, or yeah. beforehand. Mm-hmm. Their grandpa was a schmo, I guess. So it was good. What about, was uh, have you talked about your Star Wars review? Your, your, uh, 
the no. the rise of Skywalker. I forgot. Did 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 Al and I fail to talk Star Wars last uh, week? I don't know if it came up. It, I think Which it surprises I think me. It we, came we've up. had. Some I listened to that one, Jeff. Which again, I'm always just oh. amazed at at the chemistry you and Al had. It's a shame that he's had to step away from the mic. Let's be honest. And it's a shame that you and I don't have I know. that level of chemistry. I mean, I try, I try, I Absolutely fake it every true. time, you know. But uh, but hey, you you keep having me back, so uh, let's. My favorite thing on having Kurt on is that he he tries to embrace his sarcastic side. Yeah, I do. Hard. And uh, I forget that he tr- I'm just tries a, hard. I'm like the youth lead that tries to be cool, you know. You don't have to even pretend to be sarcastic, Kurt. You can just be you, man. I'm a pretty... Put on your leading LDS persona. Hey, everyone, this is Kurt right. Frankum. No, hey, I'm a pretty sarcastic guy, okay? Sometimes I, I worry that that side yeah. of me comes through my leading saints persona a little bit too much, but uh, mm, but I haven't good. got any hate mail, so I, at least in that regard. I try to measure that with my my children. I have dry humor, and I'm sarcastic, and I try not... It's hard to like get out of yourself with kids, but I have to remember kids have no sense of sarcasm. So if I'm just be like... Yeah, I did a pretty good job there, huh? They'll just be like, "Thanks, Dad." That, that's thank you. That's part of your role me. as a father to to establish the sarcasm in their mind. No, I see. I just I think I want to try to be more yeah. sincere. I think it's you healthier. There's no way you can do it, Jeff. You can't last twenty years doing that. Don't tell me what I can and can't do. John Locke lost. Thank you, <laughs> man. That, that that's on Disney Plus, right? I don't know. It's oh, probably yeah, on Hulu, Hulu, which Disney also owns. That oh. was a f- but. This is neither me nor you, unless you want to talk about Star Wars. No, if I, you have opinions, you no, want to I, share. I enjoyed the movie. Class. That was fantastic. I, I don't, uh, you know, some of these super fans that are upset about uh, a plot hole here and there. I just don't. Uh, whatever, just. Well, by plot hole here and there, I mean it was kind of Swiss cheese. I, that they always but still, are. Still, right? it was enjoyable. It was fun. I mean, they've they've worked themselves into a into a knot with uh, so many movies and characters and timelines. You know, it's. It's bound to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm actually more of I'm jonesing to see Knives Out. Ah, I've heard that's that. good too. I want to, uh, I want to see that. How was your New uh, Year's? My New what Year's was great. We had uh, all my in-laws over at my home. Every last one of them, seven Sorry. of them, like uh, six siblings plus my wife, and then the parents and uh, that little terrible. children. And we went out on the porch and tried to wake the neighbors at midnight. And uh, yeah, did I pay for it the next day? Yes, I did, Jeff. Yes, I did. How so? Were you hung over from all that market? Yeah, and it, like you said, I got a four-year-old in my my home that, uh, yeah, he's yeah. Uh, up on, on me in my bed uh, early hours of the morning, and, uh, you know, you just roll with it, and and uh, we, we caught up our, on our sleep, so we're good. So I had one of them come in the other day. Oh, work, it's a work day, and I usually get up about six for work, but he runs in my room at 5 a.m. and says, Dad, Dad, Dad. There's a raccoon outside. That's important business. And I was just like, now I just said, dude, just go back to sleep. Like, why? Why are you bothering me right now? This is not something that you need to do. Um, I fell back asleep for a bit, but he just stayed awake. He was just staring out his window for hours in the darkness. Kids are they so are. funny. They just, they get so zeroed it's in true. on stuff. Yep. And then we were all tired. So it was just dynamite. So uh, speaking, well, I'm glad uh, speaking of the new year, Jeff. I want to ask you, it, yeah. as a represent, representative of the, the TWIM audience, um, okay. as far as 2020 goes, what what should we expect yeah. on the podcast feed in 2020? I mean, what, what, are, your, what are your ambitions, okay. your plans? Let's hear it. Well, some simple milestones. Okay, a couple things to bear in mind. One, uh, we should hit our 500th show in Boom. 2020. If you can believe that, which is actually pretty dang. I can't believe this is episode what four fifty seven. I mean, how have we made four hundred fifty seven? Few podcasts can uh, even imagine uttering that phrase. So, well, no, it's it's really just just naked perseverance and not caring about any rational. If I had made rational choices, I would have stopped doing this podcast years ago. But here I am. It reminds we're we're both in a podcast group on Fa- an LDS podcast group on Facebook, and someone said like you know do someone had a question whether they should sunset their show. And I was just like, I'm the worst person to ask about this because I just, <laughs> I throw That's... all objectivity out the window and I'm like, purely emotion. I say, Twim will never die and I will keep using it forever. And I will never stop. Even if I take, even if I pay money for it, I don't care. Right. Um, I mean, there's been moments, so we'll Jeff, a... where it's been shaky for you, right? There was the great lull of 2018. That was a, that was a tough spot for us. The Al-Jeff we breakup was tragic. 
Well, it hasn't been a breakup. I'll still, you know, he checks in. Now I know, but it sounds. I actually haven't mind. Really, really saying that, um, I'm very thankful to you, Kurt. And I'm thankful to all of the other guest hosts. And I've actually, I, I will say at first when I was trying to think of ways to rejigger the show to keep it going, I kind of, I lamented sort of, you know, the end of what was the norm. Um, but as we've been doing this for the past, what, it's been probably a year and a half-ish that we've kind of all been doing this new structure. I've come to appreciate it quite a bit, and I've actually, I'm actually almost more of a fan of how we do things now because I really like sitting with all you different hosts and getting you, getting the news discussion, but through your lens, Kurt, through Josie's lens, the, the sisters' show, Devin, you know, whoever it might be, Jared. Um, it's actually kind of become more fun for me. Scheduling's a little bit more complicated, sure, but uh, otherwise, it's I, I think I kind of take more out of it because I get good discussions nice. with different people, which is fun. And so, I know you've uh, we'll you've continue that with uh, some interviews. You had some great interviews. Is that uh, something that you want to do more of? Is it just a matter of a time commitment thing? Or no, interviews are great. I uh, I am happy to do interviews. If, by the way, if any of you have individuals, you suggest we what should would be an ideal candidate. Or, or uh, you know, Mitt Romney, Sherry. Well, I mean, Hugh, the type of person, Gordon B. Hinckley, um, L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, let's see. Of a living person, gosh, who's the most salient? We have tried for years to get Lindsey Sterling on the show because I have some contacts there, but it's never come to fruition, so that would be fun. Uh, obviously, you know that McKay Coppins is the creme right. de la creme because whenever we interview McKay Coppins, the show is over. I don't make another show after that episode. It's it. <laughs> There's nowhere to go. Didn't you get his contact information or something? I've met McKay. It was about a, just, just a little bit under a year ago. We went to an event over at the Museum oh, that Deseret right. News sponsored, mm-hmm. and he was there. And I creepily was like, McKay Coppins! And I, and I seriously, I talked to him with butterflies in my stomach, like some kind of fanboy. This was like my comic con. And it was did you amazing. bite him on? I mean, and uh... he has not come on. And I obviously, you would have heard that. I don't know that. We, I have. I perhaps I haven't fully explored that possibility because of my commitment to end the show if it happens. <laughs> right. So, so I don't know. But. Um, Knowing me, we just re- do the interview and then move on. Or do the interview, pocket it until we decide the show is over, and then just publish it years later as the final episode, right? So uh, interviews are always great. We have s- some I've been working on, but I am always welcome to any of you. You know, e- Send me an email, contact at thisweekinmormons.com if you if you know of anyone or, or there's something you think we should explore. All for that. I, I think we've done some fun interviews, especially in the past year uh, or so. I especially liked having the ladies from Show Offs on in December. They were great. If you haven't listened to that episode, super fun. And one of my other favorite ones was Matt Harris, which we did in the fall, who wrote the book about uh, Ezra Taft Benson and the rise of basically right-wing fundamentalism within the church. And we're hoping to have him back again this year because he's got another book. Around that same topic? uh, Sort of. I mean, he's a scholar of that period of church histories. There'd be some elements of that. So, but not... Yeah, Benson would be involved, yes, but some other aspects of that. He was He's a fascinating guy, uh, really great to talk to, super nice guest. I mean, we when we recorded the show with him, we were off the record offline for like an hour and a half just chatting about more stuff afterwards that I wish I had a record of, but I was not supposed to. Um, so more interviews are good. Uh, also, this is January. Right now it's the 7th. Uh, it'll be a cu- in a couple of weeks we officially celebrate our 10th anniversary. The first episode of TWIM came out on the end of January 2010. Uh I would like to tell you we have massive celebrations planned, but we don't. But if any of you come to DC, you can buy me lunch, and we will we will celebrate. Are, are you going to maybe rebroadcast the episode with uh, and interject your commentary? That may be interesting, Jeff. That's actually not a bad idea. Al and I should hop on in Mystery Science Theater three thousand, yeah. our first episode. That would actually be pretty funny. See, Kurt, look yeah, at we're workshopping right here. You're the you're. You're the ideas guy. That's why you do this for a living. And then I remember, uh, what about you had that uh, that uh, series? Was it about motherhood or something? Was that? Uh... We had the motherhood series last year. Also great. Josie did dynamite work with that. Right. Uh, we've I mean, but those are just more killer of... as far as putting them together. I mean, that's a lot of work. It was a lot of work. Uh, we've we've talked about doing other similar special ones. And those didn't even replace the weekly show. It was just bonus content. We got two, two podcasts a week while we were uh, setting that up. That was great. That was a lot of fun. I hope we can do more things along in that vein as well. Cool. So good guests. We'll still be doing the news. We're going to be you know, working in most of the hosts that you know. 
probably some other new ones might come along here and also try to mix things up a bit. And, uh, and we're just going to, you know, and, and we're going to relocate to Utah. That's sure. right. When you get enough Patreon funds and then you can move your whole family out here, open a studio, um, and, and go from there. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I love it when people, I have had in my life, people suggest, oh, you know, I could, we could work on getting, maybe there's a job opportunity for you in this different location. Like it's a lower cost of living. Like you'll love it out here. But then you hear what they pay. And I'm, I've never found, because I live in a very expensive metropolitan area. I live in DC. I have never found that the cost of living adjustment is properly balanced by the plunge in wages. Okay. I have found, like, you look at like what a mortgage is if you're in somewhere like Arkansas or whatever. Yeah. You can like have a whole house for a thousand dollars a month. That's nice. But you live in Arkansas, right? But, but no, no, I don't, it's nothing wrong with even living in Arkansas. Right, it's just that like, okay. But if say your current mortgage is costing you $2,200 a month for something fine and modest in the suburbs of DC, so you save $1,200 a month. So that's $14,000 a year. And the delta is never there. The job, the pay cut is always like 30 grand a year. So I struggle to see how you people who think you have lower costs of living truly have lower costs of living. Also in Utah, you all have lung problems because your government will not do anything to combat pollution. So there's that to consider. What are they supposed to do, Jeff? Make me carpool? They could do things to combat pollution. Yes. Oh, the never ending. There's steps you can take. Debate here in Salt Lake. Yeah, well, we have drifted far here, haven't we? Um, have, do you have any other tw- any TWIM 2020 uh, questions? I don't like think so. I think we're just looking for, forward to the uh, the year. Hopefully there's uh, not as many weeks uh, as far as news goes like this week because, uh, wow, boy, we have some we have some zingers. <laughs> Are you getting a text, Jeff? Oh, what is it? No, I'm, uh, I'll just jump into my first story. I'm installing and playing with the, hoping to play with the Tree of Life augmented yep. reality downloaded on android doesn't work for me okay i've got my android download going and then it forces you to download more content it's a big app the app is like a gig and then it's making me download 244 more megabytes of content as we speak so what on earth am i talking about tree of life hey, so is this supposed to be some type of like pokemon go type thing like i'm have, gonna have to like walk around i, I, I mean it? augmented reality is in is that it's pokemon go it's that harry potter game it's when you walk around with the camera and see things but then other stuff pops up on your phone augmenting reality so it's not virtual reality um so you would walk around and experience the tree of life story from you know first nephi chapter eight and like talks pop up and scriptural references and eventually you can get to the tree itself and hang out under the tree with Lehigh, played by the incomparable Rick Macy. Rick Macy should be on our show, everyone. If any of you know Rick Macy, that man is royalty. Select a surface for as a viewing preference. Do I want to view from a table or the floor? I don't even know what this means, Kurt. Um, and maybe if you have a table, if it's on the table, then you select the table. I don't know. I'm going to do table. So this app, okay. So touch the screen to introduce the experience into your world. I'm very Here we go, Jeff. Move your device slightly. You're literally me. having the vision of the tree of life like Nephi. I wonder if he had a smartphone when this was happening. It's not doing anything right now. It's give, There's some kind of... Register a surface. Nothing? You're getting nothing? Uh, it's giving me some kind of a, you know, a compass of sorts. Did uh, you just see your basement? Maybe does it show your basement fully remodeled like you hoped it to be? <laughs> That'll never, that will never happen. I'm convinced. I'm convinced my life is going to be like Murphy Brown where my handyman somehow was working for nine seasons straight. Um, this doesn't seem to work. Yeah. I don't know what I'm I think there's here. some bugs. There's some scrambling down at church headquarters. In, in, I don't know what's department. going on. So. It's a fascinating idea. I mean, yeah, the idea is basically you can you take your house and it will instead bring up the whole journey. So like an iron rod will appear and you can walk along and you'll you can teach your family. I can see genuinely good yeah, use yeah. cases. Like we're having a laugh about it, but uh and it it'll show you and your loved ones. Like if you put your kids in front of you, I think it'll show them walking wow. in, the, in the darkness and they I don't know so- if when you see the great and spacious building if you hear people yelling at you. Yeah, can you go in and take a tour and 
and see all sorts of, of inappropriate Netflix shows? I see. I don't know because I can't get into it. I want to think that you can because that should be an option, right? right? Yeah. I mean, this this is choose your own adventure with the tree of life. You should be also be allowed to fail and wander off into the darkness and diverse. Every path. teenage young man, the minute they get on this app, that's exactly where they're going. <laughs> I'm going to the that's river. Right. I've yes. had it. So, did you ever do Jeff? Uh, did you ever do the activity as a youth where you like turn your church into like the Lehigh's dream and? The iron rod and no, is this this? No, I've heard of people maybe doing that. I don't, I don't think we did that exactly. But uh, I don't even know if it's a Utah thing. But I've heard of people doing that. We did not do it. Tell me more. Well, I always ended up in the celestial kingdom, mainly because uh, there was a teacher, or like I did it in seminary once, uh-huh. uh, or a youth advisor would say, "Hey, just we'll let you come back to the rod, right?" And you f- kind of feel like I sort of felt like they broke character for a moment. Like, Hey, just come in here. I need your help with something like, Oh, okay. And, uh, he's like, ha, got you. And he's like, that's how the adversary works. Don't you forget it. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So I hung out in the telestial kingdom and ate hot tamales. And, uh, that was it. So now instead of that activity, all the expense that goes to turning a church into Lehi's dream, you can now do the app. And, uh, and I wonder, do they like, what if does it like map your house? Like, what if the iron rod goes through a wall or something? Does it is it smart enough? Your SOL, man, you just got to go through that wall. Okay. Well, now, 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 speaking of this, I could see a use case for other classic stories from the Book of Mormon. Are there any that pop in your mind? Like, okay, so the uh, the Tree of Life is very it's a very famous story, one of the most important ones in the Book of Mormon, and it's a nice kind of narrative where it gets us from A to B or A to Z rather, right? Explaining things. Do we have other instances uh, that we could use that edu- for an educational purpose? Various uh, wars or and battles in Alma that we could uh, really make it TVMA. Um, I, I think uh, Alma, or would I am in chopping off yes. the arms of the Lamanites? That could be fun. Imagine the gore, the whole thing. It's like you're walking through and it's like, now slash, slash, <laughs> slash. It's like the, uh, the the cyber battle or saber battle, it's whatever like, that's called. No, it's like, fruit, it's like fruit ninja. Yeah, fruit ninja. You just have to mm-hmm. swipe your finger. Uh, I can yeah. see maybe more of an application like in Doctrine and Covenants, you know, with some church history sites. And maybe, you know, if you imagine going to uh, the Kirtland Temple, but the augmented reality is it takes you back to, you know, the 1830s or whatever. And, uh, and let you walk around historic, you know, Kirtland or... Now you're saying you would actually use it in you, the Kirtland you, temple? Not in the temple, but in Kirtland itself, right? Yeah. Like maybe outside. Okay. And We'd have to own the Kirtland temple to this pull that true, off. This is true, but let's be honest. Or we need some we sweet, really a sweet joint it. venture with the community of Christ. That could be fun. But... Uh, what other good ones? I want to do Alma and Amulek, the whole stretch in Ammonihah, the whole thing. Going in there, getting in trouble, going in prison, the prison falls down, the whole thing. I guess the the, the geography isn't as detailed, right, as the as the Lehi's dream, where it's very specific, right? It's true. It's true. It's, so, Lehi's dream is extremely specific, which is to its benefit. So, I don't know, Jeff, maybe any bi- biblical uh, events, maybe uh, the mere— The flood— Obviously, the parables. Um, you could do a whole series of parables, uh, Christ parables, that you can. All the the parables would be great. See, wandering uh, ten virgins, uh, uh, Adam and Eve in general, garden, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the garden, uh, Evita, the whole thing. Again, Jeff, Book of Revelation. Let me, let me let me take you back a few episodes when I predicted that the the temple. <laughs> The temple experience would would be moved to virtual reality. This is the first step, Jeff. There is going to be Augmented small reality, branches step. in, I don't know, Siberia where's a, or Mongolia, where I mean, they don't have access to the temple. So instead, they'll download the app, they'll go to their church, and they will go through the whole experience. Well, for one, if they would listen to us and finally build the temple in Ulaanbaatar, the capital of Mongolia, that would not be an issue. Um, that'd be it, Last year alone, the church formally allowed cell phones to go inside the temple. Obviously, you're not supposed right. to use it, but they- well, you can like, use they it used like, to, like uh, say, if you need the even, name printed or whatever, right? Something. Well, now, especially now, because now you do so much of that online, but you're not supposed to use it kind of past the desk areas in the right. temple. You know, once you're, once you're in the locker room, put it in airplane mode, you're done. Because you've never looked so at your phone- That's a great idea. In the privacy of your locker, I bet. Never, right? I'd look at it and say, airplane mode, bye-bye phone. <laughs> that's right, of course. Could you imagine if we got to some terrible point where it's the middle of a se- like a session and you see some guy next to you just like looking over at his phone? 
just checking his messages, and I'd be like, dude. I wonder what they would do. Do you think they would stop? Oh, I'm sure it's I think happened. they would stop the session. I'm sure it's happened. Yeah. Chime in, people. I'm curious. If you've seen this as a temple worker or been in a session, what? tell us what happened. I've never seen it myself, so I want to know. So anyway, that's that new app. Check Download it, out. it, folks. Uh, it came out for it came out for iOS a little bit earlier than Android. Android finally came out today. And see if you can't get it to work because I'm still... Okay, open it again. This is one last shot. Kurt, you're welcome to move on oh, okay. to another story while I see if I All can right. this well, I'll, uh, And then I'll, I'll chime in if I have So uh, speaking of uh, groundbreaking uh, steps in technology uh, it, that they have this, the church has created through the Joseph Smith Papers Project, a new First Vision podcast. And uh, you can see the details of this podcast at... Uh, at the uh, at the website here, which I had up momentarily. At uh, this weekend, right? Mormons. This weekend, Mormons. Yes. So this is the first vision. Uh, it's called the first vision. Uh, Joseph Smith Papers podcast. The first, uh, which is a six-part mini-series from the Joseph Smith Papers project that explores the history and legacy of Joseph Smith's first vision, which is hosted by Spencer McBride, who used to be my stake, and he interviews oh, really? cool. a variety of. Of people, I guess I used to be in his stake. I moved. He did not. Um, and uh, so this is great. I, I listened to the introductory or the the prologue, uh, which introduced the the podcast. And uh, have you listened to any of the interviews, Jeff? I haven't listened to them. I've read some of the transcripts of them. Yeah, and this is. But I haven't. This listened. is great. This is sort of one of those one of those flashes of awesome progression in the church with technology that I love that you sort of hope the church continues to do this type of thing. But uh, I feel like they have so many projects and directions that uh, these fun ones oftentimes get uh, put on the bottom of the list of priorities. But uh, especially this coming year with the restoration and the upcoming conference that's supposed to be like none other none other conference ever held. Uh, this is, you know, focus on the restoration. This is cool. Great way to Spruce up on the old uh, first vision and and uh, I think it's yeah. great. Yeah, I mean it's 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 six episodes. It's funny because it's a podcast and you can download it wherever you get podcasts. But it's obviously, I mean, this is a one-off. You know, there's not going to be updated content. I am surprised they didn't at least go for that. Maybe release an episode at a time, one per week, like a podcast format. Get you psyched. But they vary so much in length. I mean, there's a nine-minute episode and a forty-four-minute episode. Yeah. So it's. All over the place, but they cover all kinds of stuff. I mean, the the first one talks about the social, the social, the social, cultural, and economic changes created in an environment in which Americans of Joseph Smith's time were actively engaged in conversations about religion. Uh, the next one talks about how Joseph seeking answers. Uh, the third one talks about the sensory experience of the environment in which Joseph Smith prayed. What did the place that came to be called the Sacred Grove look like when Joseph Smith entered? What did it sound like? What did it smell like? They devote 15 minutes to talking about nice. that. Have you I actually want to know I, I said it kind of glibly, but I want to know like what do they talk about for fi- I've got to listen to that one. I mean, is it say here's how it smelled? It smelled like a deciduous forest because that's what it was. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, you know, oak, maybe some smells of oak. And that's where we need augmented reality. Boom. Hey, there's Walk another the, idea that the sacred group. grove you could that would ruin it so much. People are walking around looking at their phones. It's like, oh, <laughs> just like oh, Poke- there's Pokemon a, Go there's, there's, society. It's like, oh, there's the two of them. There's the two of them up there in the sky. Found them over here, guys. Come check it out. Over here, and then you're like, yeah, that's okay. The apostate meter is ticking. Uh, and then it, what's cool? Then the fourth episode is an, is a retelling of the first vision, but incorporating all nine accounts of the event. So it's just straight up a retelling of it. Uh, the long one, episode five, talks a lot more about the aftermath of the vision. That one goes a bit more in detail about why we have different versions, how do we reconcile all of that. And then uh, the last one sort of brings it home, talking about how does why does this resonate today? Why is it yeah. important? So I think it's cool. I think this. this is the beginning of a trend that, because uh, yeah, I think the church started like a uh, a female uh, or women podcast or something. Did you see that? Yes, we talked about that last week. There's a podcast. Right. And so maybe they're getting some ideas because as they say, you know, podcasts are the new blog, even though, Jeff, we were way ahead of our time when we started these silly things. Um, But yeah, hopefully there's more of this type of thing because there's so much 
type of uh, content and research and especially the Joseph Smith Papers Project that uh, they could really go to to, to create some great content that uh, would be intriguing. So. so I got the app to load. Um, right now, listeners, do you see anything, I mean, Jeff? I point. I pointed it towards my floor, so I'm kind of a, a back to the mic. Uh, I see the entire tableau of it, basically. So there's a river. You see some ground and some fog and a rod and a tree. Kurt, I don't know if you can see any of this or not. Um, oh no, oh boy, not really. Oh boy. So it just like puts it right there. Uh, oh, hold on, hold on. There, hold on there, oh, 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 I oh, see, oh. I see. See, see that? Yes. It kind of puts it all right there. There's the great and spacious building. So it just maps it on whatever room you're in. I think I'm supposed to walk around more and like zoom in and be able to walk the path. You can tap on things. And it, so if I click on the great and spacious building, it brings up people mocking me. <laughs> See that? They're pointing and laughing, Jeff. They're pointing like, look at that loser. Um, cool. And then there's some quotes and there's videos that support it. I see in the background the whole thing, the whole time, there's a weird, it looks like a drive-in movie screen of Rick Macy as Lehigh just kind of walking around and interacting. So this is my new favorite thing. I'm going to take this to work you tomorrow. Can't, be you can't move unless you get up and walk around. Like I would assume if, that's if the case. If you use this in a classroom, in your whole class has to stand up and, and roam the halls of the church. Yes, or at least your classroom. I don't know what the limits are. As we are recording a podcast, and I am rooted to my microphone to make this possible, I have not done a full review. Awesome, Jeff. Maybe I'll get one of those. Yeah, exciting times. Where are we well, going next, well, Jeff? Well. Where are we going next? Real quick mention, but I kind of I like to see faith in action. Love so it. on Christmas Eve, the Pacific Area Presidency announced a January national fast, but this went viral around the world, the fast is because of the terrible wildfires in Australia. Um, everyone's been monitoring the situation. They've seen how it's it's been terrible. You know, they invited all the Australian saints to unite together and fast to uh, re- have relief from the brush fires and the drought conditions that have ravaged the country in an unbelievable way. They think half a billion animals have been killed. Uh, it's, of course, destroyed property and just lands, all kinds of things. And this, I love that this went all around. So I, I knew people out here who were just like, I'm fasting for Australia. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm glad that we can, it's a good use of, it's like a good story for social media, seeing this story get picked up and everyone else sees it. And so it's not just limited to getting the Australian saints to pray, but how, let's have all of us pray for Australia because these are horrible wildfires. I mean, the graphic they have on the story is like, you know, it shows where the fires are and the fires are all, pretty much Everywhere but the deserts of Australia, where there's nothing to burn. Yeah, it's just everywhere else. It's there's just fires. All so over is the this place. is this typical for Australia? I mean, obviously not to this extent, but uh, do they have like a season of brush fires, or like we have wildfires? I think wildfires are. I don't. I'm not a. I think a, our lovely Josie should chime in on this one, oh, yeah. but um, or her husband Jeremy, tell us what's up. I believe they're kind of common given the climate conditions there. Of course, they have a dry season. I mean, like, like California also has a wildfire season, right? October is a terrible time of year there. You get wildfires. It gets, things get dried out. It's just a yeah. time of year when it can happen. I think there's a lot of similarities in Australia in some parts of it mm. climate-wise. But, of course, this is just above and beyond Yeah, I saw, I saw some graphic that put the, the, the map of Australia on the map of the United States just give you perspective of like – like yeah. so many states would be like on fire, right? It's not just like when we have wildfires here, you usually hear about in California or other places and, and it is massive and it's tragic and, and covers a lot of land. But uh, I mean, this is, it's still quite concentrated as far as. Uh, yeah. Uh, but this is enormous. This is all over yeah. the country, all the coasts everywhere, even, even down in luscious Tasmania, you know, and it's of course summer in Australia right now. So that's what's making this worse. So, but I'm glad to see faith in action. Let's hope it gets better. I was I was sad to see there was some story about rain coming and helping with wildfires that started going around social media. Uh, but the st- that story was dated like September of last year. <laughs> oh, we love a good uh, a good story, Jeff, right? We love our headlines more than we love actually reading the content, unfortunately. <laughs> but I'm sure, uh, you know, faith has been manifested. Let's, uh, let's expect a miracle. Let's continue to pray for one. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm going to give you like another quick mention here. There's like a story at the church's website uh-huh. about how 
This Latter-day Saint submarine officer finds gospel light under the sea. So, I mean, imagine it, Jeff, if you were miles below the surface of the sea and you are... um, been there. Been there, done that. So uh, this article starts out with relating this this wonderful individual who is named... uh, uh, he's U.S. Navy Commander Kelly Lang, and uh, Kelly Lang. Oh, I bet I can't think about which Old Testament yeah. story this well, might try to. That that would be liken itself that onto. Would be Jonah, Jeff, because uh, Jonah spent ah, so three close. days. I thought it was going to be Elisha and the no, bear. No, no, oh. talking donkeys either. Uh, but uh, Jonah spent three days living in the belly of a well, and uh, this, uh, you know. The officer Commander, Commander Kel- Kelly, Commander right? Lang, spends who's also a member a of Bishopric, uh, his spends a lot of time down there. So it just talks about how he um, finds solitude down there. Obviously, sometimes the the Wi Fi doesn't work at times down that down that uh, deep, no especially when they are way. on um, very Sorry. covert and top secret missions. That they well, yeah, you got to kill the network. yeah. They can't just you know have be be discovered through their their Facebook, you know. Profile, but uh, anyway, so yeah, he just talks about how he has uh, studied the scriptures, how he connects with God, how he stays connected with his family, and uh, it's a good, inspiring, feel-good story with uh, peppered with incredible family pictures where they look very happy and healthy. So it's also good too. I mean, you know, because the church makes accommodations for our service men and women, and that. He mentions on, usually on his ships, there's other Latter Day Saints, and of course, this applies to other faiths as well. But, uh, but the church, like, a, yeah. they have a service; they're they're permitted to bless the sacrament, and do things oh, yeah, like yeah. that, because their records presumably are still in their ward. But it's wonderful that even if you're literally underwater for days or weeks on end, which you can do in a submarine. Yeah, yeah. When, uh, um, I'll share one little snippet here. It says, uh, when serving at sea, far from his home ward, he also participates in some form of weekly Sabbath day services to partake of the sacrament and enjoy the fellowship of Latter-day Saint shipmates. Uh, Lang has served uh, for... Oh, Lang has served uh, on four submarines during his naval career, most recently as the commander of the USS Maine uh, and Ohio Classic uh, ballistic missile nuclear Ohio submarine. Subs. Yeah, those, those it, it's been said ones. that when the main is operational, the boat would rate at one of the most powerful nuclear nations on Earth. So, as a naval officer, uh, it says as at and several times I was the only person at church for the first couple of weeks after the deployment started. He said, but I was always. I, w- I have always found someone who was just sitting in the woodworks. They just needed someone to step up. So anyways, talks about how that inspires go. his Latter-day Saint ministry and so forth. So it's yeah, it's a good story. It's cool to see. It's fun to see people. I, I do like that in the very first caption, it makes a point to say, a returned missionary, U.S. Commander Kelly Lang, has spent more. That's, a, that's the first one. They just had to throw that one in there. It's not relevant to the story. This is the church just peppering in the reminder that he's also a returned missionary and you should be one too. That's what this is. Jeff, I know you... I would like to... I, yes. I know you love a good acronym. I do, but one quick thing I wanted to plug. <laughs> this came from Church News, you know, The Church News, which is literally the website, thechurchnews.com. Uh, recently, The Church News actually released an app and it's worth getting. It's pretty well done. So it's just a Church News app. I have that app. So if you... Yeah, it barely came out. You can all download it wherever you get your apps, and it's it's a news app like any other, but all the news is related to the church, and it's got a pretty decent interface, uh, and it gets stuff done. It seems like in some ways it was, des- it was designed with iOS in mind based on some of the iconography, but whatever. It's nice. good. So just a plug I wanted to get out there. It's cool to check out. So, Jeff, what's your favorite Latter-day Saint acronym? And it can't be LDS because that means you're sinning if you use that. I was going to say LSD, the one Ooh. people confuse it with. Drop some tabs, yo. Um, my favorite—I I kid you not—I have never decided what my favorite Latter-day Saint-related acronym is. I should say BSA because Boy Scouts are officially no longer part of the family. Yep. This is our first week sans Boy Scouts. Well, a shout out to Jeff Borders who writes uh, fantastic content for this week in Mormons and sometimes leading saints. Uh, he's nah. got some acronym Olympics here at FHE. YCL, BYC, WYC, BYD. I mean, it goes on and on. Uh, what are some? What's WYC, Jeff? 
This is your test. Probably Ward Youth oh, okay. Committee. Yeah. All right. Which I would assume is just BYC. BYC Bishop Youth Council, right? I think that's the old one. See, well, it's int- one thing I was not aware of until recently, until I had my, well, I've had it for a while now, my calling as the uh, Ward Executive Secretary, that Bishop's Youth Fireside no longer exists as a thing. Now it's the Bishop's Youth Discussion, BYD. Oh, like when... And I, I was... Pr- I, I'm late to the party on this. When I'm the sure. youth like go but to the I bishop's just, house and have a, a little lesson. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. I used to love those growing up, but they're not called firesides anymore. It's a discussion. But fireside is still a term. I believe so, but they reserve it for better things. Let's see. RSP, what Relief Society president, Elders Corn president, Young Women's president. What's PMG? Preach my gospel, Jeff. Preach my gospel. <laughs> okay. That was b- JST is Joseph Smith translation. Sure. Portal of Great Prize. Articles of Faith. BIC. Uh, other than a razor, <laughs> BIC. Oh man, everybody's screaming at their their podcast player right now. I don't know. I don't know. British Integrated Bishopric Cartography. Interview Council. I don't know. Sure, that's, that's it. it. Mm-hmm. How yeah, about PPI what? What do you C-T-R-B-O-E. think PPI stands for? I mean, I we I, I think people have personal priesthood, interview. and some people would say it's personal progress. Interview because that is more Those inclusive would be gen- women. of all genders. That's because women don't have the priesthood and they're jealous of N- my. Nor family. should we be calling the pre like pre individuals priesthood, right? As we learned from President Oak. So there's another acronym that needs to go up oh, on the shelf true. next to LDS. What PPI? People say PPI all the time. Though, what should you say instead? I'm just saying that. Uh, no, help me, because like I have these scheduled. I have my bishop scheduled oh. PPIs with like the elders quorum president, the relief society president, the young women. It would just be a, it would just be a, an inter- interview, right? Interview, a meeting. I mean, that's that might be a lot for me to ask. I still have trouble with people in our ward not knowing how to spell our ward's name correctly. <laughs> What's your ward's name? It's not not spelling it correctly. So our ward is Lake. It's one of the Lake Ridge wards, and Lake Ridge is two words, but so off it often goes out as one slur. Lake Ridge. Lake Ridge huh? is one word, which is incorrect. I mean, the records state it as. Imagine two individuals who are in the Ochre wards. I'm sure there's some Ochre Mountain wards. No, they're not called Ochre or anything because Utah was the pioneer in getting away from having the first, second, third ward. We still do that where I am. No, all the wards out there in Daybreak are called like. The the Blue Dreams Ward. Smiley Face Ward. The, Will- right? like- the Willow Wisp Ward. The Eastern Shores Ward. The, it's They're named after streets. I don't even know how they do it in Utah. Utah of all places. I mean, you got so many wards. It's got to get difficult to be creative after so it long. It is. But basically, the, the one of the big rules is, is you have to be able to Google it. Like, there has to be a landmark, a park, a street, or something in order to use the yeah. name, right? Yeah, so. right. Yeah, so we're just named after our broader community. Further compounding the issue is that I live in a development called Westridge, but Westridge is one word, but Lake Ridge next door is two words, and that's for which the wards are named. Very confusing places we live in here yeah. in Virginia. Anyways. It was a lot easier when I just lived in the Alexandria ward. That was a lot cleaner. So Jeff Borders writes a great article just about the our acronym culture in our, in our Latter-day Saint culture, and... Uh, I think it's worth considering. Fun article. Jeff always, always does fun There's stuff, which leads me to another. S- also, yes. Props for using the GIF of Judd Rein- Judge Reinhold from the Santa Claus in his two most recent articles, two in a row. Two- He's busted out that GIF. So good job, Jeff. Either either you're really committed to doing some kind of weird, consistent thing by always using it, which is what you should be doing at this point, or you just forgot. Nice. But I want to believe that you are doing it intentionally. Continue now. Yeah, so don't mind me. I feel like carry this on with the show. Can, can dovetail into a recent series we've been doing over at the Leading Saints Instagram feed, which you can all follow at uh, Instagram.com/slash Leading Saints, uh, which is two words, but one word in Instagram uh, language, right? Obviously, uh, but we I've noticed in our culture, and Jeff, I'm sure you have noticed this as well. Maybe you just haven't uh, realized it, but we have a mm-hmm. habit of hanging signs in a culture. Or, I'm sorry, in our uh, in our church, uh, like uh, you know, like no, hanging them in no what red, way? I mean, if we... just like rules, like rules of the building, like um, you know, no red punch in the gym or something like that, or no red punch outside the gym. I, or my ward doesn't. No ward I've been in has a problem hanging signs that say no punch in the gym. That's never been a thing. That was just a random example, Jeff. But so uh, what I can't think of any doing. signs that have dictated behavior in my building. 
So this, let me give you some examples of, of signs I've seen. So uh, please wipe your feet, leave the leaves outside, right? So uh, no equipment is to be taken from this building without permission. Sincerely, it sounds like you're just bad people in Utah. No, maybe it is a, have this issue. a Utah culture thing, but I've received many signs from outside of this great state of Utah. Um, please shut door tightly. Um, all these things. Uh-huh. So uh, there's been individuals sure. sending me various signs, and I call them leadership through signs because uh, sometimes leaders, we feel like there must be a sign. This is a problem. We must hang a sign. And I feel like it can be distracting to a point where I've literally seen some buildings that have more signs of rules and things than they do like gospel art or beautiful paintings okay. of I've never seen this as a thing. Well, you're you're Ever. I've uh, I'm, I'm turned on that I'm part intrigued. of your brain and you will be more aware of. I bet you you can find more than one sign in your building this Sunday. That's your that's your homework, Jeff. I will I will be more than happy and to I look for to it while I have the augmented reality app going. Me. So I'm just going to wander around the hall doing my tree of life. Yeah. And I'll let yeah. you know. <laughs> you don't need to, the second hour anymore. I mean, guys, it's an elders quorum Sunday, so you know this is a better use of my time. <laughs> right? You lo- Who's with You me? love your elders. Real quick, Kurt, I just want to like, ask you something because you wanted to talk about this story. Like, did your time change for church? Oh, my because goodness, this is something Jeff. you really wanted to talk about. For some reason, <laughs> Kurt has it on the list. Jeff, say, let's talk about as, time As the audience have noticed, has noticed at this point, it's it's been a slow news week. I mean, not too many Mormons That's behaving badly, not too many like uh, billions of dollars scandals, you know, that type of thing. So, um, you know, I, I threw some items in there. And uh, let me ask you, Jeff, what, what time did your church start now? Didn't matter because in my stake they changed the time in September to follow the school year. Whoa! So I've heard that's a thing in some places. You prefer that, Jeff? I guess it doesn't. I don't know if I prefer. Maybe maybe when you're, you have more kids in school, right? When I have more kids, maybe. But otherwise, it's just kind of like, okay, this is how we do it. Just whatever. It's kind of nice to go through into New Year's and just come to church at the same time. I guess that's kind of fun. That's true. And not have a new block. Nice. This is a really crucial discussion we're having. What about for you, Kurt? How was the change for you? Are you are you recovering? Oh, I could go I mean, on. It's been a week. I could go on it's and been on. Like Jeff, two days, two and a half. It was good. Got home at eleven thirty. Difficult for and, you. Uh, Stop it. Had the whole day to continue my fast. Oh my gosh, I get home at twelve thirty. We're so alike, you and oh I. My goodness, oh, I'm glad we got that out of the way, like, Jeff. It needed to be. We're said. basically the same person, and I'm glad that we had this discussion. I feel closer to you spiritually, emotionally. Physically, if this were like the last the Star Wars movie, where I could take your headphones off of your head from there and put them <laughs> right? on mine, I could hand you a lightsaber from across the country. All right, fine. You want a story? Let's talk about Mormons using Medicaid. Oh my goodness! This and if they if, if there's one article that needs to be that that shows evidence that it's a slow news week, this is it, Jeff. <laughs> so this ran the Washington Post. And made by history, Allison Kelly, who's a PhD candidate, is asking whether Mormons should use Medicaid. Essentially, that we talk about self-reliance, and that's important, and also public spending. Like, should we use Medicaid? Or on principle, do we say, no, 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 the government is is not good. We want to do things ourselves. Uh, the funny thing is, this article is kind of, it's got some good data, but I don't think the arguments are completely there. And of course, this was inspired by the big mess at BYU-Idaho, uh, you know, a month or so ago when they decided to stop accepting Medicaid as a plan if you were a student, which caused a lot of problems. So, neat. And many argued that yet, so her argument was that having students on Medicaid was antithetical to the church's commitment to individual self-reliance. I don't know if that's what drove it really. I think that might be a stretch. Um, And church leaders haven't historically opposed welfare systems as they exist. One interesting data point, So uh, the stock market crash of 1929, which everyone, that means get ready because in nine years you get to enjoy another depression for the uh, centennial. It exposed what she described as inadequacies of the church's welfare system. So basically at the time in 1935, in the middle of the depression, 17.9% of Latter-day Saints received some form of relief or welfare. uh, And 16.3% of those received it from public sources, while only 1.6% were receiving church funds. But as history went on, church leadership, especially Heber J. Grant, 
uh, was not big on social security. The Lord wanted him to establish the church's own so-called security plan, uh, for example, to fight the depression. So, I mean, this stuff is, it's fine. And I think it's an okay thing to discuss because people assume that we oppose initiatives related to our safety net, I think because most Mormon politicians are Republicans and therefore uh, want to slash entitlements or privatize them in some way, right? Um, Even if that doesn't really represent the church as a whole. Kind of a goofy piece. What I like is that Times and Seasons wrote an article about it saying, (laughs) the headline, should historians write about current events yet? Maybe not. But when they do, they shouldn't look like this. And it links to the article. So first, it's about Medicaid, a great program, especially in its expansions. It assists in births of around half the babies born in the United States. Uh, My family benefited from it a great deal. So does the church support the use of Medicaid? And officially, yes, it does, because the church's own welfare manual says, is it appropriate if an individual is receiving government welfare assistance to use church welfare assistance as well? The response, members may choose to use resources in the community, including government resources to meet their basic needs. The bishop should be familiar with these resources, and resources such as this often include hospitals, physicians, or other sources of medical aid. Hmm. So, uh, obviously, the uh, the article is proposing a question to think about, right, as far as uh, social programs and and welfare programs uh, as it relates to members of the church. And uh, during my time serving as bishop, obviously, I helped a lot of individuals with welfare needs, and it was sort of interesting to see that, uh, you know, it's very much emphasized that church welfare help not be used for long-term uh, issues, right? And this maybe is outside That's true. the discussion. That's true. I'm talking yeah. generally about social needs. And so typically you would work towards, or that individual work towards getting on, getting on government uh, welfare programs in order to stop the church resources. But my question is, is that backwards? Should we be growing as a church in order to stay in line with the self-reliance uh, perspective, going moving towards a place where instead of the government helping those in need in our in our church, moving to a place where we can help those individuals. I mean, wouldn't that be more along the lines of our this this general perspective of being self-reliant? What do you think, Jeff? I don't know if it fits our model exactly. I mean, like you said, the whole point of it is for to have church resources available if they're needed and no one should feel bad about using them for one. That's that's crucial. You should never feel bad for that or like you can't, or like it's a burden, or what have you. It's there for a reason. Um, but like you said, that comes with the idea that you're not doing this forever. The whole point of this is stuff is hard right now. We're here to help, and that's okay. Let's let us help you while you get better, while you get back on your feet, and so that you can take care of yourself, and so that you can someday, of course, play a role in helping others who are in a similar position that you might currently be in. With that said... Uh, in academia, we would describe what you want. This is sort of a de jure, de facto argument, right? I think de facto, meaning it, like in reality, we have many of people who are getting church welfare and have been for a long time, and that does not change. And I'm sure when you were a bishop, you saw this. There were people where this was not a thing for a couple of months until they got on their feet. There's people who for years have had the church right. helping them and, get through and a then lot. Right? Yeah, then they'd be very difficult as they move into a ward like mine, and that was just not the, on you know, the plan, right? And we had to shift that and then I looked like the bad guy. But anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Not not easy at all. So of course what you're proposing is that we more formalize it instead and say, let's just say we have more long-term resources available so you're not using the government resources. At the same time, I also view it like as a citizen of the US that like I'm paying taxes to support these systems. So if people are using them, okay. Right. That's why that's why that money is being yeah. taxed. If the if everyone in the church uses just the church. It's not like I get a like tax relief from it or anything. Not that I'd want to necessarily, you know what I mean? But, and it's also a question of what should the church extend itself outside of the church and become a bigger welfare arm for the broader community. And I don't know if we'd want to cross that bridge. I also know in general, we're very insular as a people and we don't do enough with our community. I don't know that expanding our welfare program into the community is the best bit of like PR that we could do as term, or in terms of outreach to build better relationships. I'm drifting a little bit here. Um, I, I don't know if it's quite on brand for us to expand it 
though, as you might. Well, and I guess I, think I guess norm I'm, is it's not it necessarily something I'm proposing or saying it's a good idea. But in in the context of this article, where uh, again I think you allude to the that some of these legislatures are you know the more Republican conservative legislatures are saying let's take this out of the hands of of the government, and so wouldn't those legislatures in the context of, of being Latter Day Saints say you know we let, why don't we be the church? That is handling all of our welfare needs, and you know we can be that beacon on the hill. That uh, that the example of like, look at this organization; they take care of themselves. And to me, that would be more on brand with our self reliance, uh, you know, our self reliance principle. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So I encourage all of you read the Washington Post piece, and then we will link to this this um, Times and Seasons piece is great because Jonathan Green just basically takes down her points one by one and is not pleased because it basically says you know you're using spurious evidence or any at all just to make a point. But there was a deadline. Speculation Jeff, is not evidence. There was a deadline. Having having seen online chatter is not the same as like the church officially acknowledging something. Especially people argued that um, you know that this was uh, the church that the, the BYU Idaho debacle perfectly illustrated the church's antipathy towards welfare programs. And it's like, though the data doesn't fully support that. It's just that you were in online groups that were arguing about that, right? So worth looking at both. I don't believe the church is, is against government welfare programs. I don't think the church is, and I think her main point is to try to say the church tries to pretend we're into self-reliance, but we've also embraced government programs. And I think it's fine. Embrace government programs. We have resources available to us. You can get into a political debate, a political debate about the role the government should have in welfare, fine. But that's uh, not to say as Latter-day Saints we should feel bad for embracing any of that stuff. I mean, the church, because church welfare is one thing. It helps us in a pinch. But church welfare is not going to like subsidize the birth of your child, right? Like Medicaid exists because it is a, a health program for people living below the poverty line. It is a leg up. And as much help as the church does, the church is more about paying rent, paying some of your bills, not giving you money for food first, but sending you to the bishop's storehouse. But if the church isn't in the, it's not going to help subsidize like the hip surgery you have to have. You know, that's, that's not what the church does. So a little bit of apples and oranges there too, because Medicaid serves a different purpose. Welfare in and of itself is another purpose, but the author chose to focus on Medicaid specifically. Anyway, give it a read. Let us know if we're stupid, whatever you want. Or Kurt, if he's stupid, but I think it's probably it's probably me. Kurt's not. Stupid. Uh, you get hate mail every time I'm on Jeff. That, that guy. I do not. I do not. I do not. I get hate mail for myself and only myself, and I will own that completely. Nice, Jeff. Wow, we're already coming up on close to an hour, Kurt. See, see how the wow. time flies. Slow news. What week, else should we but touch we still upon? Figured it out. Luckily, we had a thirty-minute discussion about the changing of church times, so we did it. Um, another fun one: church growth has slowed in Utah. Kurt did not want to talk about this one because he doesn't like to face the truth. Okay. Why Why would that fact be a, a threat to me? You describe this as basically, of course, the Salt Lake Tribune is covering this. Right. Because it's perceived, it's perceived as negative. I don't necessarily perceive things as negative. I just say this is a, here's some, here's some demographic data that's of use to us, right? The brethren have seen this data. They care about it. Of course, it's true. They care about it. It's it's decent data. Just because the Deseret News would never dare highlight anything that might shed the church in Utah in a negative or troubling light, which this isn't like it's not an indictment of the church. It's just data. It's just like straight up. There's been a slowdown of membership numbers in Utah and a drop in Salt Lake County. It's that. That's it. Because more and more Gentiles want to move here, Jeff. Because it's so. It's that that awesome. There is that. The study suggests, according to the article, that also there has been a rise in the number of resignations. Which you is see, a, there it is, push. Jeff. There it is. So you believe this is trying to push the resignation angle to Here, get more here's, people here's to the resign. deal. I mean, God bless you, uh, uh, Tribune. We we uh, we hope the best for you. <laughs> um, but uh, it's always like okay, when the you know the news broke about the the as far as the whistleblower and the church sitting on a hundred billion dollars, like to me, that's like, holy smokes, like the church is really rocking it. They're succeeding. They're doing great. Obviously I understand the concerns with that whole story, but then it, it doesn't become like, well, look at this great church, how successful it is. It's like, Oh, where's scandal? You know, how's this working? And then when something like this, it's like, Oh, looks like the numbers are dipping. It's like, well, what are we then? Are we really successful? Are we not? And so anyways, th- 
I don't think the reason that the numbers are dipping is because of resignations. Obviously, I think resignations have definitely gone up in for various reasons the last few years. But uh, anyways. Yeah. So a couple of good data points to hit on. So in Utah, the church added just under 5,000 members in 2019. But Utah's population grew by 53,000 people. So that's a church growth rate of only 0.25%. The Tribune says that's the lowest since they have began to track the data. The only other time that church rules grew by less than 10,000 in Utah was in 2018, when it grew by 9,000. Salt Lake is a bit of a different beast because Salt Lake being the most urban part of Utah also means it is the least Latter-day Saint. That's just kind of the way things go because more, like Curtis said, Gentiles are moving in. Also to Lehigh. I think Lehigh is going to be like no Mormon by the time they're done. All those tech people <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> yeah, that would be, that'd be intense. So it is interesting just to see the data because you'll see as far back as like 2013, 40 plus thousand members added to the roles in Utah. So that's a so substantial contraction in the number. It's still added, right? We're right. still adding members. It's only Salt Lake saw a decline, but it's good to note why this may be happening. Also, members are moving. Um, and people flocking to Salt Lake County in particular are younger and less likely to be Latter-day Saints. Of course, there's just, you know, external migration coming in and members are dying and, uh, people are having fewer kids. Mm. We joke about Utah, you know, being the Mormons and the billions of kids, but the rising generation is having fewer and fewer kids, which is going to result in fewer people coming on the official roles when they turn eight. The fertility rate affects things too. Members have been excommunicated, but I don't think that's like a thing. Members blessed, but not baptized. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. It? Yeah. Something's going on there. And a lot of this site's data uh, corroborated by Matt Martinick, who runs the beloved, he helps run Kimura.com, which is a great resource, and also the LDSChurchGrowth.blogspot.com site. Matt's legit. You and I interviewed we him did. a couple of years the ago. We did. The interview, which will never audio, be heard. <laughs> then the audio fell apart. We never got to publish uh, it. So there we go. I think it's worth reading, and I think Matt always has valuable insights. Yes. Yes. Cool, Jeff. Do you want to—what else do we need to hear? Behind the scenes of the new youth video. Uh, You don't always need to be happy. Um, You don't always need to be—well, that you don't always need to be happy is an older article, it turns out. And President Nelson wants us to uh, talk about the restoration. 2020 is legit. We've got the new—that First Vision podcast— We've got some cool AR stuff, and President Nelson really wants us to focus on the and rest a of the general reasons. conference like none other. Any any more speculations now that we're getting closer to April, Jeff? Any any ideas? Yes, they will be holding it at Disneyland Paris. No, Jeff. I have uh, heard rumors that uh, their plans are is to hold it here in, in Salt Lake as, as normal. So I don't think it's going to be a remote presentation. I thought you were going to say, like, hold it here in Utah, but then broadcast it worldwide. Like, guys, get, you got it? We're going to use the internet. Right. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. We're going to simulcast this thing. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm still pulling for some kind of a conference in Kirtland or I don't know. We've established some of these because they've done conference at Adam on Diamond before. So that would not officially be unlike any other, at least in terms of locale. In terms of having a conference broadcast from there, that would be a lot different because that didn't happen before. But I don't know. Same thing. I don't have. I've got nothing to add. Awesome, Jeff. So what about you? You're going to Indianapolis? Yeah. What's going on with, with Leading I Saints? I get a chance to be invited to come out to Indianapolis and do a fireside this this Sunday. So if you're in Look the- Look at you on the CES circuit. That's right. If you're in the Indianapolis area, um, is it, uh, I want to say- Do they Muniz put you up in a- Steak? Do they, am, I'll be there. You mean Muncie? What's that? You mean Muncie? Muncie, yeah. Sorry. I've never, I've only read it. I haven't said it out loud, so- well, I there apologize you go. for um, my ignorance. So when you do this, do they like put you up in a stake president's house or something? Or uh, yeah, like? matter of fact, uh, I will yeah. be. I typically not with the stake president, but he was gracious enough to uh, have a have a bedroom for me. So, so you say tip is typically you're just responsible for your own board. No, typically I ask usually somebody else in the stake. I just ask for a private room and a bath, and uh, and then I roll with it, and I've stayed in some pretty nice homes, and uh, they're very kind, and they keep me fed, and. Uh, have me do my thing. And I've, I've noticed, I, in, obviously in Utah, we're quite spoiled to the point that we've just sort of abandoned the whole fireside idea. And, and maybe that's the case worldwide. But um, people are generally excited to have somebody from out of town come to town and and put put on something. 
So I didn't know firesides had been abandoned. I liked firesides a lot growing up. I used to go to the uh, you know the YSA firesides. You're going there because you're trying to meet people, but at the same time, they'd get some good names, yeah. some good speakers. Yeah, I think you know in YSA or you know stakes or wards, there's. Yeah, I think they keep those going because it's a good social aspect to it. But uh, I don't know. In, in a typical family ward, like I don't – it's not nothing like the 80s and 90s where it was, seemed like there was a monthly fireside. I don't know. Maybe I was a little bit too young. It should be you and you and uh, Kirby Hayborn oh, yeah. together. Yeah, he could play the guitar or something and I could give a dramatic reading of, of something. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anything else going on with Leading Saints that we should be keeping aware of? Uh, no. Like I said, just uh, love to have a good old Instagram follow. If uh, I'm sure you're all already subscribed to the podcast, which you can subscribe to on oh, any podcast feed here. But yes. uh, we're getting ready. Our next virtual summit is Meetings with Saints, where we dive into the science of meetings and how to improve meetings in the church. I'm sure you've experienced good and bad in your or calling. Or you could Jeff. just read President Ballard's book. Right. That's all I got to do. Right. Oh, yes, and I've experienced plenty of good and bad, and I have lots of opinions about this, so maybe I will take part well, if, in the virtual summit. The door's open, Jeff. If you would like to to uh, present a session, I will reserve. Oh, I have nothing to present. I'll just say, like, look, this is what you do. I'll, I'll just be like, okay, this is called a Google Doc. What you do, you put all the useful information in there, and you all talk about it offline. In the meeting, you don't deal with administrivia. You don't talk about it. You don't waste your time doing it. If you're doing it, you're wasting yours and everyone else's time because you can make these decisions elsewhere and in different circumstances. You don't need to spend all of Word Council planning the Word activities for the year. Do it a different time. Talk about the people who need help. Talk about how to make have better worship. See? There I it give is. You a free There's the right whole, there. that's all we need. I'm, I was drifting into some kind of uh, Bernie Sanders speech <laughs> talk right there. Sorry. Right? So yeah. Uh, don't that, do it. What's happening with us, Jeff? Don't listen. Well, good deal. Well, you know, Twim is here too, folks. So subscribe, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. You know, we'd love it when you inter- interact with us on social media. Uh, Kurt, of course, is over at leadingsaints.org, and you can contact him in any way you see fit. He is responsive and delightful, and he'll let you know what's going on. So until then, next week, I believe we'll be joined by Josie Gleave, everybody. So Josie! We'll get some, world, we'll get some uh, world news going on and uh, see what else is going on the other side of the Pacific. Until then, for Kurt, I'm Jeff. This has been This Week in Mormons. Be well, be holy, and be happy.